Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're listening to this. My name is Chelsea um, Morton, or CJ Vector is my author's name, and this is Between Worlds. Uh, We talk with third culture kids, which are kids that, and adults that have lived in a different culture that is not of their parents' home, and is not of the home that they would consider um, their their origin. So we just like to talk about um, experiences, journeys, and things that are really funny. This is the first time I am recording through Anchor app, and I love it. But this time, there's a little bit of um, hard to hear some stuff. So if you are struggling to hear some things, let me know. We're just trying to work on this and edit it as best as we can. Also, there was something really funny that was at the end of the podcast that you barely can hear. And all I'm going to say is human being versus horse. So either human being or horse. Just think of those words and then maybe you'll be able to get the funny thing at the very end. This is a podcast with Megan Carpenter as my co-host and we're talking to Becca Kate who grew up in Africa. I hope you enjoy it and let me know if there's any suggestions and have a great day. Hi, Megan. Hey, Chelsea. Well, here we are starting uh, our podcast over again and a little bit different this time. So um, this is all new, still new to me. And the way we recorded last time, I think was through Zoom with you, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's introduce yourself and then um, I'll introduce myself and then we'll invite our uh, guest. Okay. So I'm Megan Carpenter, and um, I am a TCK um, from Venezuela. So I spent uh, most of my younger years here in the States, and then my all of my basically like junior high and high school years overseas in Venezuela. So I live in Springfield, Missouri now. And you're you and your family are planning on moving to Ecuador. So yes, we are in the process. Hopefully um, we'll be, we are hoping, hoping to leave in May. <laughs> we'll see. Yay. Yes. We're hoping. Yeah. So, Cross your fingers. <laughs> so, um, and I'm, I'm Chelsea was, you know, Vector now Morton and grew up in Ecuador. Um, so you're moving to the country of my, yeah. so I'm excited about that. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so I love very much and haven't been there in a long time. <laughs> so I, I left the States when I was eight and was in Colombia for five years, Ecuador for Three, really, because I was high school only, and then my parents stayed. So, And then I moved overseas to Thailand on my own, so that was probably the most different. So, um, anyways, I we're just talking about um, just questions and seeing what people, um, their journeys as a TCK, third culture kid, for those that might be listening to this new, third culture kid is a kid that has um, is growing up in a country that is not their parents um, culture and country and 
so they they feel very much a part of the country that they're growing up in, but at the same time, they're still very connected to the culture of their parents. And so uh, today we have Rebecca Kate. I'm going to um, tag her in. She she can explain uh, her journey. And let's see, we're this is kind of new, so we'll see how long it'll take for her to to log in. Um, uh, but this is a new, I love anger app. Um, I, if I have to have a plug, I'm like this, this is how I do my podcast. I, it's super easy. Surprisingly, I was like, Oh, this, I practiced this with my husband before. So I was like, how in the world do you just like send a link and they go in there? Cause before <laughs> we did on zoom, I had yeah. to like, I had to keep the audio and it was, um, it was different. And so this, it's like on my phone, easy, simple. So I was like, wow, this is really nice. So hopefully it'll keep going. Um, as we wait for her, hopefully getting in, um, this is a shameless plug. So part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is I will get in a book published this year. I'm super excited about it. It's yeah. a devotion I wrote years ago. It started out as quotes the um during lent season 40 quotes or 47 quotes probably i guess and then then later in life i added like a bible verse and then a like a short devotional and so i am super cool. like this is super it's i'm nervous too right now because <laughs> this is a whole new journey like the publishing world is a new journey and i i'm learning a lot about it and so um and that but i but I do need to talk about it because it, it won't come out until the end of this year, maybe next year. I don't know because it's because of Lent. It's it's not going to be till 2024 Lent, technically. So I'm um, but um, it's it's so much fun. like I love writing. And so I'm like hoping, you know, this is the opening the door. So um, it was it kind of was a God thing. I, this company is awesome and they're international, too. And that's the cool part. It's an international Ambassadors International is the company and what's so cool about it is that I think like people part of it are TCKs and so I, I didn't realize that at the time and so mm -hmm. it just um, huh. so I just it I mean and that's a huge thing is you want to reach international like not always but that is um, my hope. So we're still waiting for Rebecca. So hopefully she yeah. figures it out. That's okay. I'm so, like, so maybe while we're um, waiting for her, we can for um, maybe clarify a little bit more for the people who might be listening for the first time or might not um, really understand the whole like third culture kid. Yes. So oh, I think it's there good. she is. Hi. Oh, sorry. Oh, is she here? Hello, Becca? how are you? Hi, Rebecca. Hey there. Hi, I'm Chelsea and this and nice and... to meet y'all. <laughs> can you hear yes. me okay? Yes, we can hear you great. Perfect. I can hear y'all too. <laughs> well, Megan, why don't you keep Megan was going to explain a little bit more about TCK. And so, and then, um, perfect. Yeah. Um, I just, I just think 
um, sometimes it's good for people to kind of understand the whole, the concept of the third culture, that it comes from sort of the mixing together of all the different cultures that that person has experienced in their developmental years um, as they've moved around and lived in different places and then also have their parents host culture and they kind of create like a third um, type of culture which is sort of a mix of all kinds of things and um, it really kind of can affect the way they view the world the way they interact with the world and so that's really what that third culture is if that makes sense yes exactly third culture is um it it's hard to explain sometimes because there is it, people like I've, I've talked to a lot of people they're like oh is that what they label it as so anyways uh, i like your explanation hey becca um yeah so i first tell us about yourself and where you're from so i grew up in nigeria west africa in the states my family was from Texas, but the majority of the time I would spend in the States was always in Missouri. So that's kind of where I based back out of myself and kind of raised in my own kids now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how long did you live in Nigeria? So we started going when I was eight years old and I was there till my early 20s until my dad passed away. Otherwise, we'd probably still be there. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So yeah. even though you... you um, even though uh, asked, even in, as a, a like an adult after college and stuff. Yes, I was there, and then my ex husband and I. We also um, after being in Africa, we ended up living in England for a while too. My son London was born there, so I got to oh. spend quite a bit of time overseas. And then it was about twenty six on. I've been here in the states, based out of the states, and. Y'all were talking about third culture children. I always explain it too. It always feels like a piece of my heart is in another continent. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that is definitely something that I can relate to. <laughs> yes, I. I think our hearts end up. If you keep moving, your heart gets left in a couple different countries. Um, That's exactly right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe when we're all in heaven, we'll have all of the cultures in one. That's right. That'll be exciting. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yes, yes. Now, I was going to ask, where would you consider home? Home, I consider Nigeria. That's where I spent so many of my impressionable years growing up that that's where my heart feels like is home and always will. Have you been back since you left in your 20s? Yeah, I've been back once, but I have recently been talking I ended up later in life getting a master's in psychology and so and taught in the in a community college and and also at Whiteman Air Force Base and so I've talked to some of the instructors in Josh Nigeria and Plateau State and so they've talked to me about coming out and teaching some doing a little short term so that's something that's definitely on my to-do list. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like it's different when you go back as an adult? Yes, and that <laughs> shocked me very much. Um, we had come home to the States and was doing the youth pastor thing for a little bit in my adult life for a few months there. And my dad, he 
was part of the Assemblies of God, and he was one of the Light for the Lost people. And so he was doing some touring and going in and doing some banquets and raising funds. And then he was about to go back overseas. And so I was helping him for about two weeks drive to different states. And he would go in and do these Light for the Lost banquets and raise the money. And then we'd go on to the next town. And um, he, he started in Nigeria, but then he was about to base out of Kenya on his next um, term. And he would start schools, churches, orphanages. He was part of the Decade of Harvest and had mm-hmm. the of starting so many churches all over. And so we ended up getting to experience living out there back as an adult, too, and doing some ministry opportunities. But he was getting ready to speak in the States at a convention, and he fell over with a heart attack at 47. Oh, my God. So that kind of shifted, you know, the whole dynamic for us. And we went from just that was our world dad was our anchor and suddenly it was just like everything flipped upside down and mom who had been a children's pastor for years with him you know that she focused on children's ministries while he would focus on church planning and things and schools she uh definitely to say the least lost her soulmate you know so it was kind of refocusing kind of figuring out who we were and that's when i really started with culture shock back in the states i've experienced culture shock when I first I was eight years old, like I said earlier, and we had arrived in Lagos, Nigeria. If you've ever read any stories about Nigeria, <laughs> they're the most beautiful people. Oh, I lost you. Uh oh. Uh oh. It says she's connected still. Oh, no. I'm here. Can you hear me? There she is. All right. So we had arrived in Nigeria, West Africa, and I was eight years old, and suddenly the the electricity just completely goes off. And I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, I had never experienced anything like that unless there was a tornado or something. And I, I would find out that was just the norm out there and I just was petrified and I just remember feeling that overwhelming sense of homesickness and what are we doing why did my parents bring me here and so my mom got a blanket and she made like a little tent for me and my brother my brother was four years younger than me and she pulled out some little Debbie snack cakes and turned the light on the flashlight and in that moment I was like, this is so cool. You know, like, no matter where we're at, we can still feel like, you know, secure and part of home. And that was kind of where it hit me, too. Like, mom started talking about the calling of God and why we were overseas. And in that moment, it was kind of like my culture shock started shifting from overwhelming and feeling like, where do I belong to this can be an adventure and this is going to be awesome. And how cool is it? how incredible is it that we get to be a part of it and so that was my first experience though of culture shock going overseas but then later in life I would go through a different type of culture shock and that was the you know coming back and figuring out who I was as an adult here in the states you know it took me a hot minute to get that figured out but (laughs) I think that's true for most (laughs) DCKs I well and I feel like when you come back to the states you 
and I, I, it sounds bad to say, but you look like the people around you, but you don't feel like the people around you. Oh, absolutely. And, and um, and I uh, just, and that was always harder. I think coming back to the States was always a lot harder. Um, especially like when it's long-term, I, but I, but I also learned culture shock within the United States East coast versus West coast. Oh, yes. I, yes. I went to college in Seattle, Washington at Northwest. And oh, wow. they didn't, and I was from North Florida, North Carolina. Well, Washington doesn't know what fried okra is. They don't know. They, like, <laughs> so it was just, there was a lot of things I said, y'all, I said things that they were like, I don't, my roommate was like, no, I don't get like, and it was, it was just, that was, I think I didn't realize how much I had still like the East coast or like Southern culture in me. Yeah. And, I, and when you're in, in, um, in, on the West coast, it's very different too. So you got to have both of them. But, um, I was going to ask you, what did your parents do for education? So my mom and dad were very, very big proponents of homeschooling because they didn't want us to transplant to another country and then be on like an Americanized boarding school situation. So, and being educators themselves, we had a very strict routine every day. We even, mom had traveling bulletin boards for our, we would set up different schools. Rooms, oh, wow. locations. She was hardcore. Bless their hearts. Looking back, they were so dedicated to that. And they believed that culture would be the best education we could have. Sometimes growing up, I didn't see that. But now that I'm older, I'm so appreciative that they did that and that we had that time and got to really go out and experience you know, by the time I was 20, I'd been to 20 countries. So it was like, I will never be able to, you know, that's just priceless. And so, although it had its challenges, to say the least, I definitely am thankful that we got to experience that and travel with them where they were because they didn't want us to be away from them. They already knew we had so much, you know, so many obstacles as missionary kids that we had to face, and and they just wanted to. They thought that that would be the best for us. Now, I was just speaking to a friend the other day. I think it's so cool because now so many MKs can just have virtual schooling and still feel like a part of a bigger school base, but in social realms, but yet, you know, be able to be anywhere in the world. So I'm glad to see that sort of changing because I do feel like even though we were getting to experience some of the coolest culture experiences ever the other side the flip side of that was we didn't get to have prom and sports you know my brother he's still so salty about that (laughs) Rebecca is it um in your experience growing up in in Nigeria and just in general in Africa I would say even among missionaries is it pretty common that missionary kids would go to boarding school Absolutely. And I remember being petrified the very first time I went to a boarding school compound. You know, there were these hostels. And now that I'm older, too, I look at that. Those children, epic warriors, that they went through all that and had, you know, anxiety, I'm sure, separation anxiety. They probably were already dealing with culture shock and being transplanted from their roots in the States or wherever they were from. And then just to be landed into this boarding school environment with people who were complete strangers. Who I, The good side of it was you could tell they would become family and have a routine. 
But the negative side to that was I can see, and I've spoken to different MKs, especially, and even military children who experience different things, especially in the African realm, that boarding school could give you that identity of, like, the American school systems in one way, but on the other hand, had a lot of hardships with it as well. Mm-hmm. And obstacles. Like, what kind of advice would you give to a family? Because I know, like, when you went homeschooled, that was before homeschooling is like popular, <laughs> to be honest. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was not my, I mean, my dad was a teacher and he taught at an international school. Uh, one of them was technically a boarding school for another mission. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it was very different because I saw those like the dorms and everything and all that um, that they had. But um, it, my dad tried to do homeschooling one year as itineration. That did not work. I mean, for him being a teacher, <laughs> you think it would work. It didn't work. Um, uh, but what kind of advice would you give like if a family was going out now? Like, because I have seen recent families that some of the kids stayed in their area and did school or mm-hmm. homeschooled and then but some of their kids did go to a boarding school like and i i mean obviously i don't know why but there's obviously reasons right um, my advice i hands down especially with my background in psychology now and then having four children two grandchildren they are so blessed with technology these days i feel like definitely keep an eye out on what works for your child you're going to have the children who that yeah. might be the social aspect this aspect is so important that they may benefit from that you know it's like planning your child into a college realm to me at third grade they are not ready for those decisions you know <laughs> and a yeah. lot of times you know there's other children who just do not do well with the discipline of homeschool or what have you but now we have way more resources that can assist with you know whether they're doing virtual classrooms with kids in the states even there's so many options but I definitely say talk with your child have that open dialogue with them to find out what works best for them and kind of observe it and really watch for red flags if something's not going right one way or the other because it's so important and I feel like with missionary kids my brother and I speak about it often our parents are so focused on the calling of God and that's I respect that and believe in it. I witnessed it firsthand. But I've also seen so many of in my own life experiences and my peers who I grew up with around the continent. It's there. Don't get so busy saving the world that you lose mm-hmm. your home, and and you have to tailor your home education environment based on your child's needs. And unfortunately, sometimes that's going to mean coming back to the States as a family unit or whatever you need to do to make that happen. And that should be so, that should be your priority. And if children start to suffer, it is not worth um, the the emotional damage that comes from some of that, that could be resolved if they take it serious from the get-go. So just to be very mindful of each child and to listen to them, really listen to them so that they feel seen and heard and, you know, Good. If we need to switch something up, we can switch it up. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. I, th- I, think, I think, too, just to add to that, I think it, sometimes I feel like parents have a they feel pressure you know that they need to do a certain thing what mm-hmm. 
whether it's from their, you know, what's common on their field or in their country or what their family is telling them or what they're used to, you know, whatever it may be. But it is, it's good advice that every family is a little bit different. Every situation is different. Every kid is different. And you just, it's okay to find what works for you and your family, you know? And, and it's okay if that's not popular opinions. Yeah, exactly. With, with the adult peer levels, because I know with my dad and mom, they got a lot of criticism of not putting my brother and I in boarding school. And I'm so thankful that they just really didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm very fortunate in that, that they were very strong. Um, but I do know, especially with missionaries, and now there's so much more available even with counseling and things even overseas so I feel like there's so many good things that could come from being able to be mobile with your education systems and I personally would recommend keeping that family unit together I feel like especially anything before ninth grade in boarding school environments that is just so so tricky it's tough man I don't yeah that's tough <laughs> and and I think now there are some families that that I even know of that their kids are going to boarding school and the boarding school is actually in another country yeah yes like, that's intense I don't I <laughs> I don't think I could do that <laughs> I had missionary kid friends that did that now I did have when I was 14 I was in that very I mean I was going through all the hormonal changes and yeah. I had just a really rough few weeks, or I would say a good four to six week period where I was really experiencing homesickness. A lot of my friends who were writing me letters from the state were all going to youth camp and, you know, doing all these things. And so my mom identified that and right. she was like, she knew I had friends all around me from other countries. One of my best friends, her dad was one of the Sheridan hotel resorts. Um, uh-huh. He was one of their managers, and so I would get to go and be around them. I had so many Nigerian friends all around me, but I was missing that American culture. And so mom was very perceptive, and she prayed a lot. She prayed what to do, and so she flew me out to Joss, Nigeria, which had a boarding school called Home Trust. And I spent a whole week, and, and I just got to immerse myself in the American culture, go to Sound of Music play. I remember that was so fun. <laughs> And just experience going out to eat with some, you know, kids my age from America and talking about, you know, pizza and popcorn. And we had such a good time. And I'm so, I'm so blessed to have had parents who were very in tune with our emotional needs. And so that was very helpful. And I would give any advice to missionaries, especially new missionaries, to just really be open to knowing that, you know, raising a child is, is, crazy in itself but to yeah, be yeah. open to being outside of the box and thinking of things that might be you know it might have to save a little extra money or do a little go the extra mile but it'll be worth it man. yeah that is I, I mean I'm, we're, I'm like in the middle of that right now in my family <laughs> with my own kid and I'm in the states and uh Aww. and so uh we had a, we were doing homeschooling and we had a switch because it just wasn't uh working yeah. Um, maybe because my daughter's too much like me and math took three hours a day. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're, we're done. This, I mean, and I, and I was going to ask you, did your mom, you said your mom had structure and I was wondering like, 
was it like a classroom structure like she just was stuck to that every day yes so mom and dad both were educators in the Nigerian realm too so they were teaching bible college classes and and then of course overseas we had staff and everything so between everyone we had a team of people every single day my brother and I started at 9 a.m and no matter where we were in the country whether we were in our home base or whether we were out traveling you know they would set up a structured environment and we had to go to that place to sit down you know so that it wasn't like we were sitting around on tables or or, I mean at couches or beds you know we had to go to an actual structured table and we knew that during this A to Z time you know that was our school time and we had goals that we set each day and they would check in with us and then we would have like our break time our lunch time and it was just very very we stuck to that no matter where we were at and looking back you know, mom, she was probably smart enough to have had training and all this. But now I realize, you know, that even gave us that sense of routine. So we knew we could count on that routine. It didn't matter where we were in the world. And, you know, so that kind of helped us, I think, stay grounded as well. My brother and I. I just feel like that's really good advice because uh, I think I didn't do that with my daughter. Um, at first we did, but um, there's just, anyway, that doesn't need to be talked about, I guess. Um, well, it's just an example of in the pandemic, I started homeschooling my own children, and that's where I started to realize how much my mom had been an incredible student. <laughs> and to have the bulletin boards and all that, because, you know, I was just like, hey guys, let's all chill this morning and have some coffee. And, you know, like, I didn't do it the right way. Like, she would have. It didn't work for me either. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's a process, I think. And that's what I want. I, you know, and, and Megan and I have talked about this because I feel like there is a lot of families that sometimes either they've come, they're not used to homeschooling or if they did it a different, a certain way, because there's tons of homeschooling groups in the States, but you might not have that when you go to that country and it might not be um, a positive experience because there might not be people doing it like you are. And so um, did your parents like get you part of groups or anything? Like, did you have, you said you had friends. How did you make those friends? So unfortunately, like like you mentioned earlier, when we were homeschooling, it just was not cool. And already identity crisis issues with, you know, being a third culture child, that's factored in. My brother and I have talked about that. He really struggled when we got back to the States to find identity and to find where he belonged. And he felt like had he been more part of a group or a system with a larger social scale, he might would have benefited more. I was the type of person, I didn't know a strength you know, no stranger anywhere I was. I just made friends. And again, mom and dad made it a point. They knew they were making a choice for us that we were going to school on the road. So because of that, you know, they would fly in friends to us to stay or, or try to work out social scenarios for us. Like I said, when I was really struggling that few weeks there, mom flew me out to where I could have like some American friends around me who, because we would have, you know, um, here's a really good, idea too for you know maybe places that don't have groups already in place so we would meet you know quarterly with the entire missions group and so that was always a fun social time too where even nothing to do with school we could just have that social outlet and everything so I think it's so important if they don't have a established in the country they are to find one and whether it's a virtual situation back in the states or 
whether it's they find an international community where they're at, that's going to be so crucial, especially if they're homeschooling, because they're going to need that extra support. That's good advice. I think there's a lot of parents out there that are, especially now, it's homeschooling is more popular. And even with the TCK office, they actually have, you know, their own international school. So, um, okay. So I had heard that. That sounds so awesome. I'm so excited for them. Yeah. I think Megan was a teacher for them for a while. How I was. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. What was your experience with that? The feedback you got from kids, did they seem to adapt well or did it seem like there was a struggle still? Honestly, I think it's like everything else. It just depends on the the family. It depends on the yeah. dynamic. It just depends, you know. On the just, child. Yeah. And, and how the parents, just like what you're saying, kids need community. They need a sense of community. They need to feel like they have relationships. And so, you know, even if you are great at homeschooling, if you don't make sure your kids have a sense of community relationships, it's not going to go well. <laughs> Yeah, go agree. Well. So it's, I think, you know, it just depends on the situation. Works well for some people. It might not work as well for other people. It just kind of depends. And I recommend even, even like the students who are maybe say, you know, in Niger or something and, but their core group is scattered all across the world I still think it's important to find an international community within where they're at even if it's nothing to do with schoolwork because that was another thing I found and have, have observed with homeschool groups even here within the states it's like a whole bunch of kids who all homeschool and especially if the dynamic and in their individual setup is not structured they all kind of have this like loss like who's talking who's going to do this you're like they're waiting for someone to direct type thing whereas a lot of the kids who grow up in just a regular school system have such a routine whether it's you know their bell schedules and they're just so right. familiar with getting to be experiencing some of that type of thing they need to set them in situations where they can experience like a routine that's outside of just their homeschool scenario so whether that's like a camp or something bigger that they can be a part of or, or finding a niche or whether it's music or maybe just enrolling them. One thing that I highly recommend, I forgot to mention this with my background in education, I've helped so many homeschool families go ahead and get their kids enrolled in dual credit with college, you know, cause you can do that. And yeah. That's something that helps them start learning how to be a part of a bigger educational system and deadlines and things that maybe at home they don't get. So if, if a family is really struggling, especially when they hustle in the math realms and all that, start doing dual credit. That way they get that college professional professor level of support too. And a lot of the math classes and things will have tutoring systems and so they get interaction with other people. So I highly recommend that as well. That's good yeah. advice. Thank you. Um, I, I don't want to go longer, too much longer because we have, um, we're trying to make this like 30 minutes-ish, but before we go, I want to hear just like a crazy story because that's always our, and also the weirdest thing you've eaten because I think that's always a TCK <laughs> story in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> so one of my, let's start with the eating thing. So of course, different places, one of the things I had was ox tongue and I was just feeling like it was so chewy. 
But I'll never forget, we were all sitting one time, and this is a little, if children are listening, they may want to tune out real quick. <laughs> but we're sitting around the table, we were having, we were with several missionary families, and suddenly one of the staff just yelled that we're all about to, like, dive into some roast, right? So we were so excited. My mom spent hours making homemade rolls. Somebody had made an apple pie. Like, we were all just so excited about this, like, American meal, roast, mashed potatoes, you know, the whole shebang. All of a sudden, from the other room, one of the staff just starts screaming to stop. And he's like, no one's eating. Stop. So he comes running around. He's like, I think it's human beings. Don't eat it. What? What? (laughs) So we're all dying, mortified. He goes, it's either horse or human being. And we were like, what would make you know that? Like, how do you know this? He goes, well, it's really shiny. Like, I was part of my family was in Biafra, like part of the Biafran war, and, and it got to the point where sometimes you had to eat human beings to survive, and this is it. <laughs> so, we were wow. dying. So, whether or not, you know, it was or wasn't, it was either a horse or human being. Either way, I never let myself chew, finish chewing that I immediately. <laughs> To this day, nobody knows. Yeah, no one knew, and to this day, I can hardly roast. Oh, Oh, my God. Is this going to be a human being? And then one of my friends asked, you know, like, what's one of the coolest things, like, a story? And I was trying to sit there and think through, and we have humorous things. My dad was a large guy, and... um. You know, you would have different scenarios. We were eating all this different cultural food and <laughs> trying to get to find restrooms and things. And one time he had to go out of window, climb up a little incline in this little porta potty. And the only way he went in and dove in because he had to use the restroom. He said it hit his stomach, he had to go, but he didn't think getting out of this. And so we're in a village, and of course, he's one of the only white men. And him and his 300 pound self had to back out of this. Um, like porta potty situation, <laughs> just in the middle of the village, and everyone was dying. But thankfully, my dad had a really good sense of humor, so that was hilarious. And then one of the things that I tell my kids often is, you know, when you you'll sometimes have moments you feel sorry for yourself being a third culture child, like oh my goodness, you know, part of my heart's always here and there, and I miss all my friends. You know, when I'm in England, I miss people in Africa, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I said, but the one thing that I'm so grateful for is my perception of things. And so, like, one of my absolute favorite presents, and I'll never forget this. I tear up still thinking about it. Was I? We were all sitting around at Christmas one year, and my mom couldn't find a Christmas tree. We just moved, and our shipment container was locked up at the the port. And so she had gotten tinsel and some light. She had found that and had strung up on the wall like a little Christmas tree for us. And when we went to go open the present, in my stocking was a Dr. Pepper, and I was so excited. <laughs> and then I opened up a box of Frosted Mini Wheats, and I'm telling y'all, that was my absolute favorite gift I have ever gotten. <laughs> okay, that Dr. Pepper, yeah. that Dr. Pepper always makes a difference. I'm telling you, that's what we always miss. <laughs> but, it's so Those are good stories. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, um, Rebecca. Are you Becca or are you Rebecca? 
Everybody calls me Becca. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. I really you're so welcome. What? One other thing I'd like to leave with everyone. So fast forward through the years, my daughter ended up having an eating disorder, and we went through some times during the pandemic. And so I had to really reshape what my goals were as far as like career wise. And I started actually working now for Big Cedar Lodge and Johnny Morris for in the hospitality realm, and I helped coach a whole team for their customer service. So in experiencing things, one thing I would like to leave with everyone is just as you transition back to the States in the college realm, you know, one good thing about growing up all over the world, it really does set you up for the culture shock you face later in life that I feel like in the States, when you grow up here, people don't teach you about culture shock, you know? So when you transition to college or what have you, sometimes it's just, you're like, where in the world am I? <laughs> you know? yeah. so, mm-hmm. kind of, even though it can be difficult, it's awesome to take your experiences and you're going to have so many things happen in your future in, in a good way that you would have never had had you just grown up in one spot. And like, just like last week, I got to go and be with the governor at the inaugural ball. Like, you just never know. And I always say it's because of the crazy dynamic of just you never knew where you were at so whether I was a janitor or whether I was with the president of the country my parents taught me how to present yourself you know so just really grasp those changes and instead of being afraid of it use them to propel you and to face those fears and to figure out you know how can I use this situation and adjust it to be in my favor and so if they do that they don't have to be so panicked and worried about their futures and instead they can just adjust and be able to you know, just look at it more as like a privilege that they were raised in yeah. such a unique situation. <laughs> yes. And, and kind of with that too, um, it's really funny. I think my aunt told my mom one time, because I guess I was always floating around with jobs and moving around a lot, especially yeah. after I was an adult. And I, and um, in the end, she told my mom, she's like, because she was worried about her son kind of doing some of that same thing. And she's like, mm-hmm. but Chelsea ended up okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, it's, and I think like, I was, you know, I, I, I have, uh, my personality is kind of scattered. I have a lot of dreams, but you know, yeah. sometimes you have to tailor them down, especially when you become a parent and your life just changes. Like I have a and one that was culture shock in itself. Just yeah. for me, it panicked me. If I thought I had to be in one environment for the rest of my life from eight to five, I literally would have a panic attack when I first yeah. got to the States. Because all these people around me had been had grown up in this, like, this is what you do. You go to college and then you work nine to five and you're <laughs> off on the weekends and you go vacation in Florida. You know, and that panicked me when I would look at that and I would think that's never going to work for me. And I even had a missionary kid friend. She changes her living room once every six months just to kind yep. of give herself something to, you know, readjust to. It's like, because for us... Thank you for listening to Between Worlds. This is CJ Vector, and I had to cut some of the end of the podcast because... It was hard to hear, and I'd rather just you get the main point of the podcast. And really, right now, we are just trying to talk to people about education um, and what that looks like for uh, parents that are raising third culture kids. And this is a podcast that's kind of ever changing. Um, 
I have another co-host that will probably be back on, Phoebe Sistoso, that you've heard before. Um, but she is <laughs> delivering babies um, regularly now. So she's kind of busy in that. But um, if you have any ideas, any of my listeners, that you things you want us to talk about that you living overseas that you're struggling with and you're trying to raise your kids or any um, TCKs themselves that feel like that some topic had not been talked about or um, dealt with when you're living overseas and this is not necessarily to missionary kids this is mainly to anybody that's like an oil company kid a embassy kid um, anybody that has lived in a, um, another culture most of their or at least their um, um, sometimes their middle school and high school lives is the, the most defining time of your life in a different um, culture and I also want to include people that have um, grown up more in the states but their parents are from a different country that is huge to this too because they might not look like the people around them in the United States but um, and they grew up with a certain culture in their home but then they have to um, be more Americanized within the school that they're at or in the environment that they're at in the city <clears throat> so any any people that would love to be interviewed uh, would love to have you and uh, let me know um, you could email me at chelseajvector at gmail.com um, and I, you can find my Facebook page at CJ Vector. Uh, thank you and have a great day.